Could McKenzie Embaco be the next commitment for the Louisville men's basketball team? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Um, I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. Want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder: the Locked On the Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week. Your team every day. Just on Tuesday afternoon, it was announced that uh, five-star 2023 prospect McKenzie Mbako has re- has requested his release from his NLI with the Duke Blue Devils. We'll talk about whether or not he could be the next commitment for the Louisville Cardinals. We will then discuss a new commitment for Jeff Walls and the Louisville women's basketball team as Henny Van Schaik from Cal State Bakersfield has announced that she will be joining the Cardinals. And then to conclude the show, we'll discuss the Louisville baseball team's much-needed sweep over the seventh-ranked Boston College Eagles over this past weekend. So um, uh, <clears throat> beginning the show on the men's basketball side of things, obviously there has been a ton of talk with players uh, you know, in the transfer portal, you know, whether it be Davion McKnight, Keon Minifield, Caleb Love, Tyler Perry on yesterday's show, Hunter Salas on yesterday's show, or I'm sorry, today's show. Uh, I, I'm actually recording this late Tuesday night, so it, it seems like it's different, but it's technically airing on the same day. But nonetheless, it's been a lot of transfer talk recently. We saw at the end of, well, actually probably the middle of March, where the Cardinals got some highly rated recruits in the 2023 class. Dennis Evans and Trenton Flowers both will be playing on next year's team. But with three scholarships left, a lot of the talk has been geared towards the transfer portal. Number one, because they need that immediate production. And number two, there just simply aren't that many 2023 guys that are left that fit what Louisville needs. However, on Tuesday afternoon, uh, really Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon-ish, it was announced that Duke five-star freshman or incoming five-star freshman McKenzie Mbako had requested his release from his national letter of intent from Duke, um, which came as a surprise until... Kyle Filipowski announced that he was returning for his sophomore season in Durham. So you can kind of put the puzzle pieces together there and draw a conclusion as to why the incoming five-star freshman may have wanted to um, get out of that NLI and look elsewhere. Um, So obviously a big time name in this recruiting class Mbako is rated as a top 10 player the seventh best player according to the 24/7 sports composite second best player um the second best power forward and third best player in the state of New Jersey had been committed to Duke for what was it April last April essentially about a year ago he committed to Duke um and seemingly really hasn't obviously been a lot of 
talk about Mbako when it comes to Louisville since that point. I know that there was some preliminary talks about Mbako potentially being interested in Louisville due to his connections from Nolan Smith prior to him committing to Duke. But um, obviously those talks died down when Mbako committed to Duke and then signed his national letter of intent. But things have changed. He is um, available um, in the 2023 recruiting class now, I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of programs that are after the five-star incoming freshman. There have been talks about, does the G League make sense? Does Overtime Elite make sense? It does, but if he was truly set on that path, why get released from your national letter of intent? It doesn't really make a lot of sense, so you would assume that he's definitely considering the college route. And a lot of people have mentioned Louisville. Um, you're talking about, I, I forget his name, forgive me, but... Um, the the athletics writer for Duke said that Louisville is a team to watch for. A lot of Duke sites have said Louisville's a team to watch for. There are some Louisville insiders that have said the same thing. Is this a done deal? No, it is not. But however, you see the smoke. You see, you know, the possibility there. And it makes a ton of sense. Louisville has a need for a player like Mbako. Um, they have the connection there. Nolan Smith is close to McKenzie's family. One of the reasons why he chose Duke in the first place. So you have that situation. Um, and obviously McKenzie was interested in Louisville before he committed to Duke. So, um, all signs point to Louisville at the very least being seriously involved in this recruitment. And you would assume that that interest is obviously reciprocated from Louisville's side as well. Uh, however, let's call a spade a spade here that this does not mean that Louisville can overlook guard play because this changes nothing. Louisville still needs multiple proven collegiate level guards for next year's team. But Mbako is a situation to where it's kind of like Churchill Abbas. Um, it's almost a situation where it's too good to pass up. It's too good of a recruitment. He's too good of a player for Louisville to look the other way, uh, especially for a player like Mackenzie Mbako, one of the better three-point shooters in the class. Makes a ton of sense for Louisville when you look at what the Cardinals are needing. Um, number one, I think that they really can't turn away best player available type mentality. Uh, Mbako is a top 10 recruit in the class. I understand that you can't trust all incoming freshmen to produce right away, but um, I think that his skill set is going to be translatable immediately for next year. Translatable, is that even a word? Is able to be translated to next year's team. Um, I think that he's going to be able to produce right away. There are some questions over efficiency, scoring the basketball, um, you know, willingness to <clears throat> you know be cohesive in the sense of you know not being a player that stops ball movement. Um, and then obviously, I think that uh, the lack of a quick first step might be a little bit challenging for him when it comes to. When it comes to you know playing against quick defenders, because um, obviously athletes are better in college, but let's make no mistake about it. Mbako is a fantastic player, six foot eight, two hundred ten pounds. Projects as a stretch four at the next level. I'm not going to entertain the arguments that he's a guard because I don't believe he is. I think that he needs to improve his handles and he needs to improve that first step and that quickness. But he is an explosive scorer. I like the scoring upside. Can score at all three levels. Um, not necessarily a true interior threat, but more so, like I said, a stretch for very, very solid 
is shooting the basketball from behind the arc. Uh, does a great job of creating his own shot off the dribble. Um, and very, very solid in the mid-range as well. That turnaround jumper is sort of a lost art in college basketball. And I think that Mbako has really um, embraced that and has really um, – you know, use that to his advantage with his size. Adam Finkelstein of 24-7 Sports, the director of scouting, basically said, you know, his shot making from behind the arc is his best asset. He can also make the types of shots that translate to the next level. Pick and pop threes, slipping out of ball screens to make shots on the move or creating space with a series of sidestep and step back shots. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, Mbako, and this goes for any recruit when it comes to scouting in my opinion you know i'm not a professional i don't act like i am um i have done some maybe a draft scouting for you know blog sites over the past couple of years but i mean that's not necessarily that uh strong of a credential but for me personally and this might be different for other people but for me personally the most valuable shot a prospect can have both in the high school and collegiate ranks is the ability to create his own offense, whether that's for others or create his own shot. Mackenzie Mbako with his size, you know, being six foot eight, ability to shoot from behind the arc, ability to score in crafty ways in the mid-range, um, is sort of Jabari Smith, Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris-esque. What I mean by that is all three of those players have shown the ability to shoot in the mid-range in which their size poses problems for other teams uh, trying to guard them. And all three of them can knock down the three-point shot, can do so in catch-and-shoot situations, pick-and-pop situations, but also dribbling into the shot as well. And I think that that is kind of the trajectory that if you're a Louisville fan and he were to commit to Louisville, that's what you would hope that Mbako uh, turns out as as a prospect. Um, could he be the next Louisville commit? I think that as of right now, unless someone just surprises everyone and commits, I think that right now he's the most realistic option. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of programs that are going to go after Mbako and for obvious reasons. I mean, he's a very talented player. Um, he's a top 10 prospect in the country. I think North Carolina is a team to watch for here. North Carolina just picked up a commitment from former Louisville Cardinal Jalen Withers. So will that play a um, you know, a factor in this recruitment. That's something that's to be seen. Um, but, you know, you could see some other programs across the country that have needs as well. But um, I think what, you know, maybe he was, you know, leaving Duke for is something that he definitely can find here at Louisville that is, you know, a possible starting position immediately. Um, a good portion of the offensive workload, um, you know, going to get your shots in this offense. Like I said, I don't see him as a primary or even secondary ball handler. I don't think that the ball handling is that great, but I think that there's some promise there. There's some potential. And if he's able to improve the handles um, and improve that first step, there's no telling how good McKenzie Mbako can be. There are some concerns, you know, in terms of efficiency and things of that nature, but I think that the, the potential, the ceiling is too high to overlook. I think that this will be a huge addition to the team uh, uh, addition that would be able to pay off right away. I mean, you're looking at a one and done type prospect, uh, not many six foot seven, Six foot eight, six foot nine players can be able to shoot like Mbako can, and also um, being able to create his own shot in the mid range. Um, so, could he be the next Louisville commit? I think that if you made me choose realistically, who would be? I think that Mbako probably would be my answer. However, no inside information. It seems like there's just a ton of smoke re regarding Louisville in this, you know, uh, recruiting. Um, 
you know, this recruitment. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, still early. You just never know. So there's nothing definitive ever in college recruiting. So at this point in time on Tuesday evening, it looks like Louisville's in a good situation. So um, we'll continue to talk about basketball recruiting throughout the week. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about women's basketball recruiting. Jeff Walls and company picked up another commitment out of the transfer portal. Henny Van Schaik from Cal State Bakersfield. We'll talk about what she brings to the program here in just a moment after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel Grand Slams. No hitters and double plays are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you don't win, what bets would you make? For the first couple of weeks, a pitcher to go over on strikeouts, build a SGP with your favorite matchup of the day, Aaron Judge to pick up where he left off with home runs. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, America's, or I'm sorry, FanDuel's, FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Sorry about that, completely, um... You got jumbled up with my words. But nonetheless, on to the second segment. Henny Van Schaik from Cal State Bakersfield is a Louisville Cardinal now. The six foot four transfer from the Roadrunners program spent the past two seasons, um, you know, with CSB, a native of the Netherlands. Um, played, like I said, two seasons. First season, only averaged 4.3 points per game, 3.2 rebounds while appearing in uh, 25 games, 14.5 minutes per game. Statistically, she saw major leaps in her sophomore season. Played 22 games, started 20 of them, averaged 30.4 minutes per contest, 11.6 points per game, which led the Roadrunners program, 7.2 rebounds per game, which led the Roadrunners program, um, 0.7 blocks per game. Um, so Jeff Walls adds a post player. We talked, you know, before Haley Van Lith entered the portal, what Louisville needed was they needed, um, you know, another post presence. Is Henny Van Shake or Henny Van Shake? Sorry, I, I, I you know, pronounced it Henny Van Shake uh, before I um, looked up some interviews it, it was tough to find it but uh found that uh, i believe it's henny van shike is the um is the pronunciation but um nonetheless jeff walls as a very talented post player granted you have to wonder is she the rim protector that jeff walls and company are looking for she has averaged under one block per game respectively in her first two seasons at cusb um, so I don't necessarily think that she's going to be a rim protector that the team is looking for, but she does replace some of that production that Liz Dixon filled for the past couple of seasons. Obviously, um, you know, nearing double doubles when it comes to um, scoring averages. However, when you look at, you know, the scoring, you have to wonder the efficiency wasn't necessarily the most efficient from the field, just 37% from the field on 10.7 uh, attempts per game. Uh, is able to shoot the ball from deep career, about 29% from behind the arc, 71% from the free throw line. So statistically speaking, nothing you're going to look at and get wowed over. Um, I think that with two years remaining in the program or two years remaining in her collegiate career, I think that when you watch Van Schaik play, when you look at her film, she is a player that 
you know, stands out, that jumps off the page, and her ability to knock down that deep ball, um, being able to get crafty with footwork in the post. Um, you just hope to see the efficiency get a little bit better. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if she's going to be averaging 11 attempts per game this upcoming season, which might help those efficiency numbers. Um, and she might not necessarily have to be relied upon to be that primary scoring option at Louisville like she was at Cal State Bakersfield. That's something else that can help those efficiency numbers. I think that, you know, in the pick and pop situations that she can run with Jada Curry and whoever Louisville is able to add in the backcourt, that's going to be something that um, Jeff Walls and company is going to really, really value. Um, reminds me a lot of Sam Furing in her ability to stretch the court and be able to hit the mid-range shots, but also the three-point shots as well. Another way that she reminds me of Furing, not the greatest rim protector, um, but rebounds well and also um, is a player that has pretty underrated footwork in the post. Uh, does a good job of um, kind of utilizing the Hakeem Olajuwon-esque post moves and, you know, the the spin moves toward the basket, um, you know, using that pivot foot and being able to rotate on that pivot foot and using the, the shot fake to get her own shot. So that's something to look forward to here. I like this addition for the Cardinals. Um, whether or not she's going to be a starter, that I'm not sure. Is she going to be a starter? Is she going to play more of a Josie Williams role to where she's a player that is used in situational aspects, or is she going to be um, a heavy rotational player off the bench? That's something to look at, and I wonder what the the role is going to be. You have to assume that, um, obviously, Olivia Cochran is going to be the starting four for the Cardinals. The starting five is open. Is Henny Van Schaik a player that Jeff Walls envisions as someone who's going to slide into the starting center role, or is she a player that plays a rotational role for the Cardinals? That's something that I'm interested to see at the beginning of next season. I still think that you want to add a player that can protect the rim. Um, neither Cochran nor Van Schaik are um, you know, true rim protectors. So with the amount of scholarships available for Louisville, I think that right now there are only seven players that are currently on scholarship. So Louisville may look to add you know, maybe four more players onto the team. Most of that's probably going to be guard play. You could probably look at a, you know, a post player, um, <clears throat> a wing, and two guards, or a combination of that. But <clears throat> I think that this is a solid addition. I'm, um, I'm excited. You know, to see what Jeff Walls and company continue to do in the portal. Walls went on 93.9 The Ville on Monday and essentially said that um, there were multiple visits lined up for later in the week. We know that Walls and company operate in silence. Um, there's not a lot of leaks in the program in terms of recruiting news or anything like that. They just kind of commit out of nowhere. Um, and that was how Jada Curry happened. That was how uh, Henny Van Shike happened. But two solid additions that both played out West, both averaged in double figures scoring. Um, I think that Van Schaik, you can look into those efficiency numbers and kind of wince a little bit, but I think a lot of that had to do with you know being forced to be the primary scorer at uh, Cal State Bakersfield. I think that the potential is there with the right coaching, um, you know, to be able to stretch the court, um, hit the deep ball consistently, uh, be a solid pick and roll player, and uh, solid around the rim as well, and uh, you know, a very able rebounder too. So I like this addition. I think that um, it fits what Louisville's need, what Louisville needs, and that is a player uh, with size. You know, six foot three, six foot four. 
I'm interested to see how her on-ball defense is able to translate into the ACC where you're playing some better athletes. Um, but being, you know, 6'3", 6'4", um, I think that there's a ton of talent there to work for or to work with uh, for Jeff Walls and company with the Louisville Cardinals. So excited to see what Louisville does with Van Schaik, but also excited to see how Louisville continues to address the transfer portal. So, like I said, we'll continue to talk about women's basketball when we get more recruiting news. Uh, to conclude the show, we're going to talk about the baseball team who had been struggling until they got a much-needed sweep over a top-10 team. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team, every day. Okay, so over the weekend, going into the series with the seventh-ranked Boston College Eagles, Louisville had struggled, lost their last two ACC series, lost to Lipscomb in the midweek action. Dan McDonald's team needed a spark, obviously only early April, so a lot of time to turn it around, and that the Cardinals did in the weekend series against the Eagles. They swept Boston College, a top-10 team at Jim Pedersen Stadium, much needed for the team. Louisville opened up on Thursday. It was a Thursday through that through Saturday series with Easter on Sunday. Ryan Hawks was the storyline in the opening game. The Cardinals ace, well, he did ace things. Eight innings of four run, or I'm sorry, four hit baseball, one earned run, only walked two, struck out eight, was a fantastic um, you know, stronghold for the Cardinals. 106 pitches on the evening. He improves to five and one take keener. Um, struggled in the pen in one inning of work. He gave up three hits, three runs as well, but he was able to hold the lead for the Cardinals, who won 6-4. to four. Louisville opened up, um, or Boston College opened up with the lead. Louisville then scored six unanswered, um, you know, and, and then Boston College scored, um, I think, three in the ninth inning to get close, but um, ultimately Louisville was able to prevail. And then Friday happened. What a wild roller coaster the matchup on Friday was. Louisville went down in this game. 8-0 to zero in two innings. Going into the bottom of the second inning, the Cardinals were down 8-0. to zero. Um, Greg Ferrone struggled in an inning of work, gave up four earned runs in one inning. Tucker Biven also struggled, two innings of work, four earned runs. Uh, but then Caden Campbell and Riley Phillips came in and didn't allow another another run. But it was the Cardinals' bats that really was the storyline here. After going down 8-0, it's easy for teams to throw in the towel, right? But not this Louisville team. The bats, that how we've known them to be, came alive. Um, they scored three in the second inning. Eddie King Jr. had a two-run home run. Jack Payton started out the third. Uh, Louisville actually scored five in the third. Jack Payton with the home run. They had bases loaded multiple times with no outs um, and were able to essentially tie it up on Christian Napchek's single that scored two runs. Um, and then two innings later, uh, Gavin Killen reached on a fielder's choice to second base. Um, and um, Logan Beer scored on an error, and then Louisville won 9-8. to eight. So ultimately, some bad pitching, but Louisville's offense was able to come out um, victorious in this one. And then the, the series finale on that Saturday um, was more so a pitching duel between the two teams. Um, it took 
four innings for Louisville to get on the board, and, and Louisville did just that. Ryan McCoy hit a home run. Um, you know, Napchek and Beard both had RBIs. Um, you know, a passed ball from Boston College plated essentially four total runs for Louisville in that fourth inning. Boston College wouldn't score until the ninth. Um, and it was a solid outing from Carson Leggett. Uh, seven innings pitch, five hits, no runs, one walk to six strikeouts, one good inning from Caden Campbell, who had a good weekend. Patrick Forbes struggled, uh, didn't record an out, gave up two earned runs, but Evan Webster came in, gave up two hits, um, but no runs, and, and got the uh, save opportunity. So um, a very, very much-needed sweep for the Cardinals, the um, – Game against Kentucky was postponed, uh, scheduled for Tuesday night uh, due to the um, tragic mass shooting in Louisville on Monday morning. The Cardinals now slated for a weekend series with another top team at home against the second-ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons. A couple things I'm looking for in that series. Number one, the bullpen has to get it together. Louisville has to find consistent, solid pitching out of the bullpen, uh, whether that's Tate Keener stepping up, whether that's Tucker Biven stepping up. Um, you know, like I said, Caden Campbell had a good weekend. Um, you know, Riley Phillips had a good weekend, so look for them to get some action. Um, Evan Webster was also solid. You look for Louisville to just get some con continuity, some consistency from the bullpen. You also look for consistent batting as well. Um, looking for Louisville to just take advantage with runners in scoring position, which they did in that matchup against um, Boston College all weekend long. But for me, the thing that I'm looking for here is just better pitching all across the board. Um, when Ryan Hawks was great, the bullpen wasn't. When um, you know the starting pitching and early in the bullpen wasn't good, the end of it was good. Um, when Carson Leggett was good or Leggett was good, the bullpen wasn't good. So that's something to focus on here. And that's something that I think that, uh, just needs to be obviously worked on and, and the team has to get better on. So great opportunity here for Louisville, who is number nine in the country to continue to establish themselves and try to get those statement victories in lines to hope, hopefully, um, build that resume for possibly a super regional seat in the NCAA tournament. So we will discuss that series after this weekend, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Um, obviously uh, I didn't talk too much about the mass shooting that occurred in Louisville on Monday morning that hit close to home for a lot of us. Um, and I explained why in the most recent episode with, um, you know, the, with Tyler Perry in the episode title, um, the episode with, uh, Perry, Hunter Salas and Haley Van Lith, I went on a five minute rant. Um, I explained why I'm not going to get on here and issue thoughts and prayers. And, um, I, I thought I made it very clear as to why I'm not going to do that. So, um, if you listen to this and wonder why I'm not talking about it, it's because I've already talked about it in depth, um, spent you know, a good portion of the show that was released this morning um, on that topic. But like I said, my heart does go out to the victims, to those affected, to my city. Um, you know, so much pain in this city right now. And all that you know, we can ask of each other is for all of us to lean on each other, to love each other, and to, to hold each other up. And um, like I said, if you want to hear those thoughts, you can listen on the episode that was released earlier today. But like I mentioned, that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon.